Well, good morning once again. And, and, and what an amazing and blessing time in worship we've already had with the youngest among us leading us in worship. Amen. You know, I had a pastor once say that we're just one generation away from losing the faith, but not here. Not here at the way. Amen. Praise be to God. Thank you, young ones among us leading us today. And, and I just want to give a shout out to Diane and to Tammy and to all those that serve alongside them in our next gen that make it possible uh, to pour into these young ones during the week. You know, they only have about 45 minutes to an hour and a half, depends on whether it's a Denny's or a just as I am sermon. That if you know, you know, um, to pour into our kids once a week. But they commit faithfully throughout the week, praying and preparing for that time and intentional about pouring into them. So thank you. Thank you for what you do with our students and our kids. And for those of you that are joining us for the first time today, I, I want to share two things with you. I shared it last week, and I want to say it again. And the first thing is this. Thank you. Thank you for taking a risk on a bunch of misfits like us called The Way. Um, I know what it's like to walk into a community uh, that you don't know. You feel like a stranger. And, and it, it is a bold thing to be willing to step into another group of people that you don't know. And so we want to say thank you. Thank you for taking that risk on us. And the second thing is this. We want you to know you're always welcome here amongst us, an imperfect people, but following the perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ, where we're committed to introducing people to Jesus by sharing in hope, living with purpose for the sake of others. So today we're kind of coming to the tail end of that, that, that journey that we've been on over the last several weeks. The question we've been asking is, are we there yet? And I think the answer we know is not yet, right? We're not there uh, but exploring this call that God has put on our lives to live into a vision um, that's far grander than any one of us could imagine, and, and the questions that are associated with that, and that vision that God's given us, the reason that we exist, the way Wistock exists to glorify God and make disciples of Jesus Christ by sharing the hope-filled life in Christ with others so that we may all discover and live into our God-given purpose. Y'all hear us say that often each week. We kind of abbreviate that with sharing in hope, living with purpose for the sake of others. But it's really this all-encompassing vision that God's given us. And we've had four questions. They're on our Connect card. Every week you are offered a Connect card or through the link online of four questions. They're, they're personal in nature, but they're also corporate in nature, asking how are we doing working toward that vision that God's imparted on our heart as a community of faith? How are we doing with that? And the first question we began to unpack was, how am I sharing the hope in Christ with others? And in order to share it, we have to have it. And I don't know about you, but in the, in the world that we live in today, especially in the news that we've had over the last few weeks, the, this world is in great need of hope and not wishful thinking, but hope they can hand, put a handle on it. His name is Jesus. Amen? Amen. So that's the first question we looked at. second question was, how am I discovering and living into my God-given purpose? Once you discover that there is a hope for your life, you realize that God has a purpose for your life greater than yourself. It's a high calling. And I'm so grateful for those that have taken the time to, to join in with one of our exploratory groups called Kazone. Kazone is the right way to say that. Can y'all say that? You got to have a little phlegm with it. Kazone. Don't cough up on the person in front of you when you say it, but it's that Hebrew word that means vision. You see it in the, in the Psalms. You see it in much of the Hebrew writings where God had vision. Chazon. And, and I'm so grateful for Alan and Diane McMullen. They're leading another group this week. And, and, and Chris Mihaf, I'm going to call her out. She has seen a whole other side of Alan. Uh, Alan oftentimes on Sunday morning is really wound up tight, making sure everything's going well. And she says, wow, I've seen a different side of Alan. He's relaxed. 
He's enjoying it because he's living into his purpose, helping facilitate others discover their purpose. And so it's not too late to jump in on that experience if you'll reach out to Alan. And and we'll be doing it again in January. But but purpose, hope, purpose. And the third question we looked at, we spent a lot of time on this last week, was who has been helping pour into me? In other words, who is helping me grow in my faith? Because as we realize, he who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. None of us are there yet. Myself, chief amongst them. But we're going to look at that reciprocating question today. And that question is, who am I helping grow in their faith? It's not good enough to simply have people pour into your life. God's calling each and every one of you to pour into someone else's life as well. And so to do that, I want to go back to the Great Commission. And, and this is the last words that Jesus had to his disciples in the gospel according to Matthew. And I'm going to back up a few verses from where we were last week. And begin in verse 16 of chapter 28. If you've got a Bible handy, grab it. If you've got a Bible app, open it. Uh, we're also going to go to Matthew 9 in a little bit too, but, but I want you to hear God's word for us this morning. Matthew writes, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. And of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you go to the Lord in prayer with me as we continue in worship? Gracious Heavenly Spirit, I thank you. I pray that you would move freely in us and even in spite of me this morning. God, I thank you for every generation represented here this morning. God, that we would each be open to hearing what you would have us to hear and for us to respond in the way that you would have us respond. So, Lord, get me out of the way. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of our hearts and minds be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and redeemer. And I ask this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. So let me give you a, a snapshot of of uh, kind of where we are in our country today. There was a survey recently taken, and here's, here's some interesting things. Nearly three out of four, some 74% of adult Americans express that they're spiritually open, if not hungry. 77% of Americans in the United States say they believe in a higher power. And 44% of adults in America today say they are far more open to God and exploring who God is after the pandemic than they were before. There's a huge openness amongst us. Now, if you zoom in, if you go out from America and you come to their city, the city called Woodstock, you've heard me share before, within two and a half miles of where we are gathered in this moment, some 44,000 people call it home. And of those 44,000, some 27,000 of those people do not know Jesus. They may know of Jesus, but they don't have a relationship with Jesus. So let me drill in a little bit closer. What about in your own household? What about in your places of work? Kids, what about in your schools? What about in our neighborhoods? What about the places that we find ourselves? Maybe it's on the side of the ball field on Saturdays. You see, the reality is today that that in every sphere of influence, every point of contact today, we're coming into contact with people that are open to the idea that there is something more 
They're looking for something more. They're, they're open to the reality of having a conversation about faith. The, the, the opportunity today is greater than it has ever been for us to open into conversations and to reveal to others the hope within us, our journey, our walk, our relationship with Jesus. And Matthew, if, if, you, if you zoom back on Matthew, if you look back in Matthew 9 and 10, and this is something I want to encourage all of y'all, if y'all take time this week, read Matthew 9 and chapter 10. Read them together. Because one is Jesus doing and another is sending out his disciples to do the same. And, and in the midst of it, the pinnacle of this, after Jesus has gone out and preached and he's taught and he's healed, he looks out to those around him. And in the end of chapter 9, beginning in verse 36, we find him this way. Matthew says this, when he saw the crowds, that is Jesus, he had compassion on them. Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. You see, like I said earlier, there is no greater opportunity than today for us. Because what Jesus saw in his day is the same that he sees amongst us today. There's a huge opportunity for those around us to be open to us sharing the hope that we hold, to live out our purpose, and really to pour into their life. And and we have the greatest news possible. The greatest news possible. Let me give you an analogy, and this is one that J.D. Walt gave a number of years ago, and it has stuck with me. You know, what we have, the good news that we have, is akin to the cure for cancer. Now, see, some of us in this room know what cancer is like. Some of us are walking with cancer right now. Some of us have lost loved ones to cancer. I've lost my grandmother to cancer. My dad's a cancer survivor. We all know what cancer is like, and we all know the desire that all of us have that cancer could be eradicated, that it could be cured. But here's the truth. All of us here, have been infected with a cancer that modern medicine cannot touch, nor will it ever be touched. It's a cancer of the soul. It's called sin. It's a sin that separates us. It's a sin that has broken down our relationships, not only with God, but with one another. The things that we struggle with and experience in life, the hurt that's come our way, is all because of the sin that's infected each and every one of us as humanity. And yet we have access to the cure. His name is Jesus. Praise be to God. We have access to the cure to the sin within us. And the truth of the matter is, is when we begin to, to believe in Jesus, when we begin to entrust our life to him, when we begin to, to believe that what he came to do and what he is offering to do in us is real, that he laid down his life for us, that he overcame death, sin and death for us, well, sin, in terms of that cancer of sin that was terminal in us, because what is the wages of sin? It's death. It gets replaced. Because of the life of Christ, we are offered eternal life. We're offered a life beyond the grave. You know, so often we reflect on life as being what happens between birth and death, and the reality is, is that because of Jesus, that period at the end of life has been replaced with a hyphen. We don't say goodbye. We say see you later to those of us that have seen people die in faith. Christ. That's the great news of the gospel that we have to share with other people. We have this cure, and this cure is not for us alone, but it's for all of humanity. And it begs the question to all of us today, if we know of, if we have access to this cure, why are we so often shy in sharing it, rather sharing him? 
with others. How many of us are gun shy sometimes in sharing our faith? I think many of us, you're probably not, not willing to raise your hands, but there are seasons, there are situations where we kind of go quiet, don't we? Rather than share our faith. You know, I think a lot of the reasons that we shirk back, we shy back, is centered around or, or comes around this idea of, of doubt or fear that we have in our lives. Let, let me give you some examples. How many of us doubt our ability to answer the tough questions of faith? Y'all got any y'all afraid of answering those tough questions? Maybe you're wrestling with those tough questions yourself. You know, when we gather as a body of faith and, and the tough questions come, guess who often gets thrown the tough questions? The pastor in the room. Yeah, you relegate it, right? But I got news for you. I'm a fellow sojourner with you. And I don't have all the answers and I have questions for Jesus. And when I meet him face to face one day, I'm going to say, Jesus, I don't understand this. Would you explain it to me? But so often our doubt in not being able to answer those questions holds us back from sharing him, doesn't it? Let me give you another one. How many of us doubt our ability to speak clearly or compellingly? That you're not as good of a speaker. You know, Moses was not a great speaker. He was a stutter, right? If you look back in the, in, in, in the Old Testament, he said, God, don't send me. I'm not a great speaker. He said, well, I'll send your brother to go along with you. So often we, we hide behind the idea that maybe we just can't speak eloquently enough or articulately enough. Let me ask you this one. How many of us doubt our worthiness? How many of us doubt our worthiness that God, God wouldn't want to use me? If people knew what I've done or I've said, they wouldn't want to hear. You see, that's Satan getting in and, and, and reaping lies in your head and holding you back. But so often we allow that doubt, a sense of we're not worthy enough. I got news for you. None of us are worthy. Only by the blood of the lamb are we worthy to be able to stand in the presence of God Almighty. And that blood has been offered to each and every one of us. But so often we shirk back because we, we question our own worthiness. Let me ask you this. How many of y'all have the fear of messing it up? Are y'all afraid of messing it up? Yeah, you're afraid you might get into a conversation with someone and you just might mess it up. So you just you shy away. I got news for you. You know, when I went to seminary, y'all, some of y'all have heard me say this before. But, you know, the pastoral care classes, the church history, the church philosophy, the, the Greek languages and the Hebrew language and studying the New Testament, Old Testament, all of those, I love those. You know the class that scared me the most? Preaching. Preaching. Y'all are like, that explains some things. No, but seriously, I mean, let me tell you what the, the most daunting thing for me, and I pray that it always will be, is I don't want to misrepresent God's word. And y'all have heard me say it before. Don't take my word for it. Take his word for it. That's why we're grounded in God's word. But sometimes we're so fearful of messing it up. Sometimes we're so Fearful. Sometimes we have a sense of not knowing it all, and it keeps us from sharing at all. Doesn't it? You see, here's the reality, though. Discipling someone isn't about having all the right answers or communicating eloquently. It's about inviting someone to watch you implement the things that you know. It's to watch you. Listen to what Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. Corinth in, in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, he says this to the young faith there. He says, follow my example 
as I follow the example of Christ. You see, sometimes simply discipling someone else is inviting them to follow you because what is it that Jesus invites all of us to do? Follow me. Follow Jesus. And we learn the ways of Jesus. We learn the way he lived. We learn the way he loved. We learn the thoughts of Christ by reading and learning and walking alongside Christ and the word that God has for us in his holy scriptures. You you see, if you're doubting your abilities to share your faith and to disciple others today, I got news for you. You're not alone. Nor are you the first to have doubts that might be holding you back. Even Jesus' first disciples felt this way. Because what we read here, we found that that the disciples are heading up to the mountain there in Galilee. and, And we find that all of them are worshiping God. But then we find this one phrase, but some doubted some doubted some doubted you see even having walked alongside jesus for nearly three years in many cases even having watched him heal even having watched him proclaim the good news and then even having witnessed them themselves going out because jesus sends them out that's what matthew 10 is all about he sends them out and they do the same thing they're proclaiming the kingdom of god is near and they're sent out to heal and they come back to jesus and say jesus you won't believe what happened he goes oh yeah i would I gave the authority to do that. Even after that, even after then watching Jesus overcome death, death upon a cross, we find that some of his disciples doubted. And dare I say, the question really is, why didn't all of them doubt? Because a resurrection is not an everyday occurrence. (laughs) But with God, but God, You see, this is what we discover in the response that Jesus gave him. The Great Commission is there in amongst a people that worshipped him and even amongst some that doubted. And so here's the point that I want to drive home. Our doubting does not determine Jesus' calling. Let me say that again. Our doubt does not determine Jesus' calling. Even those among his first followers that doubted that day, Jesus was calling them, he was commissioning them, he was sending them out to go proclaim the good news and to baptize them into the family of God. You see, all of them were being called to go. All of them were being commissioned. All of them were being called to go and make disciples. You see, it doesn't matter your level of doubt, your, your level of abilities, your level of intelligence, your level of passion. All were given an equal opportunity and, dare I say, an equal responsibility as followers of Jesus to go and to share his hope with others. You see, I, I know that speaking into other people's lives about Jesus can feel overwhelming at times. Even for those that may be strong in the faith, sometimes it can be overwhelming. But here's the good news. You're never alone. You don't ever go alone. Jesus is with you as you go and you walk and you share and you teach and you invite others to follow him and show how to follow him by modeling how he lives and how he loves. His parting words in Matthew's gospel is, I will be with you always, not sometimes always you see and and not only that but also empowered by his holy spirit to do so you know when you look at the book of acts and i marvel at the early church and and I'm, i'm struck by it but what you see is a people of god empowered by the spirit of god taking the word of god onto the streets wherever they're being sent 
And what do we witness happening? Lives are transformed. Relationships are restored. Healing happens. Forgiveness is extended. Freedom is found. The cure for sin is extended. Jesus becomes made known to others. And it transforms communities. And it transforms the the world in that day. And God continues to choose to do that through his body today. That is the church. And we here at the Little C Church called the Way of Woodstock are part of a much bigger body of Christ across the world. Being invited and called into this. You know, when I take this bookmark, and all of y'all hopefully were given a bookmark, and I reflect on who's helping me grow in my faith, I need more lines. (laughs) Because when I look back, I look back at those that are pouring in my life now. I have people that are speaking words of knowledge in my life today. I have people praying for me today. I have people rebuking me today, thanks be to God, including when I preached too long, like last week, right, Diane? Yeah. It was awesome. It was, we had a great staff huddle on Monday. It was fantastic. Y'all, we have a great team here. Let me tell you, God is on the move here. But clergy that are pouring into me, lady that are pouring into me, my family pouring into me, I look back generationally of those that poured in before me. And if it had not been for the faithful of those in the days of Acts, empowered by the Spirit to go and to share, and then the generation after generation and generation, I wouldn't be standing here today before you with a relationship with Jesus, desiring to share it with you and inspire all of us to go and share him with others. I'm so grateful for those that went before that that didn't settle for sitting on their blessed assurance and being poured into, that didn't settle for just simply being a disciple for their own sake, but for my sake, for my sake, chose to pour into me so that I might have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, it's not enough to simply allow people to pour into you. As followers of Jesus, we should be compelled to go pour into other people's lives. And so I simply ask you this morning, who will you help grow in their faith? Who will you help grow in their faith? Maybe that's signing up to become a small group leader and getting trained by Michelle and Pastor Ann. Maybe, maybe that's joining with Diane and Tammy. They need more people to rotate on a monthly basis. Just once a month. They ask you just once a month to pour into the next generation. If you come alongside and join with them. Maybe it's some other way through this body of Christ that you're being called to do this. But dare I say that if we settle for simply what we can do within this body on a Sunday, we've settled for something far less than what God has for us. Because let me tell you something, when I think back about church, it's not about what's Sunday, it really matters. Sunday's important, don't get me wrong. But rather than preach on Sundays, you know what I really want to hear on Sundays? I want to hear testimonies. I want to hear people say, I've got a testimony of how Jesus showed up and someone's life was changed, someone's relationship was restored, someone received forgiveness for the first time, someone was healed of an emotional wound, and we could praise God. I want us to show up on Sunday excited and anticipating to hear what Jesus did through us throughout the rest of the week. In our schools, in our places of work, on the side of the street, wherever it is that we might be, that's where we're being called. Because we're being called to go. It's not about inviting people to come. Yes, it is that. But it's not just that. 
Jesus said, go. 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 So who will you pour into? Church. Because when we began to do that, watch out Woodstock. (laughs) Watch out your family. Watch out these schools, students, that you're a part of and you're in. Watch out those teams that you're a part of on Saturday. (laughs) Jesus will break out. His Holy Spirit will do the work. But he's inviting us to participate in it. Are we there yet? Not yet. But by the grace of God, we'll continue on this journey together. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, I thank you. (laughs) Oh, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and what he did on a cross, but also through an empty tomb. What he did by walking alongside those disciples in that day and offering to walk alongside us today, simply inviting us to follow Him. God, may we be faithful to that. And in following Him, that requires us and invites us to invite others to follow along too. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would convict each and every person here, each and every family here. God, that you would, in this moment, impart upon each and every heart someone or some group of people that you're being led, that you're leading them to simply go to, that you're leading us to go to. God, help us to be a church like that. First, for the sake of others that you came. It's for the sake of others that we exist. We're a body being sent by you to go love on a world in desperate need of what you have to offer and what we have begun to encounter and embrace ourselves. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Amen. Amen.